We all probably have an idea of what good leadership looks like. Leaders can come from anywhere within a community, of course. And in this episode, we meet someone who has a positive attitude, a big heart, bags of passion, and a desire to change things in his community. Nathan Barnes has lived experience of the challenges faced by many people and has put his desire to make stuff better to work as a patient ambassador in a social prescribing role in the south of the city. We will learn more about his journey to his current role and how he's making efforts to walk the streets of his community, building and nurturing relationships. Do take the time to listen to this and the other episodes, and if you can, and if you want to, share with your networks. This episode, we're joined by Nathan Barnes. So good morning, Nathan. How are you today? Good morning, Graham. Um, I'm just coming off the back of the hashtag worst flu ever, so I apologise in advance for the uh, the audio quality today. There's a few coughs oh, in there. Don't worry. I'm great. How are you? Yes, I'm fine. So have you had a bit of a, a bit of a cold recently? It's, it's going round, isn't it? Yeah, it's just um, yeah, it's just been a whole manner of fun stuff. But <laughs> it's been as you know, philosophically, it's been a bit of an interesting one because. I can look at this and how to handle this and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's been okay. fun. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So, so we we haven't really met in well, we have met briefly, sort of, we've been in the same room as each other a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, just tell me a bit about yourself. So, where do you where do you appear in the in the lead system? Um, and yeah, tell us about yourself. Sure. So um, for people that probably don't know me, my name's uh, Nathan. I'm the South Leeds Primary Care Network Patient Ambassador, which is a relatively new form of social prescribing. So we can handle um, sort of social prescribing, but due to the effects of the role and due to the needs of the community, we've had to adapt and sort of, I say hybridise because that's a big word and it sounds smart, <laughs> but at the same time, um, we've branched on from social prescribing to offer more of a holistic patient supports um, that can include support working, um, advocacy, and social prescribing to the partners within the South of Leeds. Um, we're currently employed by the South Leeds Primary Care Network, but there's also a, a really great team over in the East, and that covers hair hills, you know, all the areas around the East which need some support. Okay. Okay, so so was this built out of? So we, I know there's a social prescribing. There's a sort of citywide social prescribing service. Yes. But then, so you're specifically looking at your local communities, and I suppose. So what I'm hearing is you've sort of taken, I suppose, a model of social prescribing, but understanding your local communities and their needs, you've you've sort of developed that as you said, a more hybrid model to reflect the needs of the community. Is is that yes. right? Yes. Okay. And so so how did you how did that work? How did you find out that your particular community needed something a bit different? Um so it was just about because we've been really lucky like our operations manager who put us in post in particular and um yeah I can't say any 
anybody she's great um it's been a pleasure working in my role um but she's allowed us to have the freedom of really addressing those patient needs and because we work in partnership with the Hamara Centre, which is in the south of Leeds, yeah. we've managed to gain and grasp much more of a, I like to call it a boots to the ground approach. Yeah, yeah. So we can actually get out into the community and know what's happening, what's out there for patients, but saying what patients are suffering with and taking like a big step approach and looking at what's the place of the patient, the member, the service user is but also the practices around the area. So we've got really great GPs within the area and um, looking back and feeding back at the stakeholders around the city and looking at what they're um, currently analyzing and ongoing, but also what we can do, what trends are appearing, what, you know, we, we can basically just, we have like a, a glass eye view of everything that's going on really. So we're very fortunate to be in the position we have. Yeah. Because looking at all, all kinds of the sector and taking like a, an ABCD approach mm -hmm. we're really really fortunate to be in this position so we can more accurately gauge the needs of the patient and the member of the community okay so okay so how do you how did so you're you're going out into the into the communities and you know you've mentioned the Mara Center so is that is that sort of outreach that proactive nature here's me here's our our offer to to the people of your community how does that how does that offer resonate with those people how do they i don't know how do you re how do you reach them or how do they reach you you know because i think it's a two-way thing yeah definitely so at the moment we are um provisionally gp referral um, so we have a referral process from members of the practice firstly. Uh, we then um, sort of analysed and noted that most of the partners within the south of Leeds have um, members which needed additional you know, support really. Yeah. So we were able to take referrals from community groups and okay. work with them as well. Ideally, it should come from the GP practice first until we can finally submit what we've been doing um, because we've only been in positions since last May uh, within the South. But what we found is that we have really great collaborations and partnerships with community groups and we can offer that wraparound approach and support with community members. And funnily enough, sometimes uh, I do get referrals from actual patients who know somebody that needs support as well. So it's... Uh, okay. That's good. Yeah, it's a very interesting, very interesting way of referral. Yeah. So, so if I was to call up my my local GP practice and say I was living in South Leeds, how is is this a service that aims to, I suppose, more appropriately handle people calling GP practices? Because I think we all know that. Not everybody, although the media tells us that they do, everybody needs a face-to-face -face GP appointment. I don't think they do. Um, mm. So is this about is this about handling groups of people in a different way that that yeah that they don't need to see a GP, they need to see some, or they need to be supported by different people based on their uh, need. 
Yeah, um, one of the quotes I really like to use, and I picked it up from training, and I found it from the National Social Prescribing Association, and it was um, patients sometimes need people and not pills. Yeah. Um, they call it the GP with an underlying issue. So let's just say, for example, mental health. Yeah. They call it the GP and go, I need some mental health support. We can always make a referral to mental health services within Leeds. But sometimes does a patient need a big referral and disheveling all wounds and talking to people about things they've discussed hundreds of times before and they've not been able to make progress? Yeah. Or do we try and just have a conversation, just a, a, a like, so I think there's, I always like to, and I probably might get a little bit uh, of criticism here, but I often go to some appointments sometimes dressed like this. Mm-hmm. Completely casual, um, yeah. no smart formal wear, you know, quote unquote white coat syndrome, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I often just go, you know, on outreach visits, visit people and just have a conversation about what is affecting it. And sometimes it could be just as simple as they just need to get something off the chest. Yeah. Yeah, just need to get like the housing issues are really apparent in the city. I think we've probably covered that ad nauseum. There's there's obvious issues there, mm-hmm. which I don't think we'll be able to solve anytime soon. However, we can just have a people have been sitting inside for eighteen months, yeah, and they've dealt with a whole modicum of issues. And have they had the chance to air out all these issues? Have they had a chance to just voice all these issues? So sometimes it could. We've had referrals where we've just offered that wraparound support, but I think people just need a conversation. They just want to get something off the chest. They feel a lot better after that. Yeah. Um. So sometimes I think some patients, as well as a start out there, I think it's. Um. Don't quote me on this, but I think there's quite a few um GP phone calls where I think people are just isolated and lonely. Yeah. They just want to speak to somebody. They just want to just. And even just like reaffirming what they want to do, things like that, really. So it's about offering that wraparound support with your GP practice. Sometimes people don't want miracles. They just want somebody to talk to and a bit of clarification on what they should be doing. Yeah, I think sometimes I heard a a bit of a, a quote or a tale once where we've sort of in communities, we've sort of lost that wise old granny that you can go to on your street to you know just ask for life advice really and it it feels like communities have changed over time um and we've lost that that person that you can just go and you know go around for a cup of tea and have a chat with so so i don't know maybe maybe there's something in the the wise old granny or or granddad um analogy and and yeah that they don't need to access you know a formal gp setting um and I, and I guess some people, they need to come out with a piece of paper with a prescription that will, will in quotes, fix them. That actually, yes. that, that's, not, that's not always the right approach, is it? No, I, I, I tend to agree. I think sometimes people, it's, on, on one hand, you've got patients that would prefer that kind of thing because it's validation for what they're feeling. And yeah. I totally appreciate and understand that. I'm currently working with a patient and we're, we're sourcing funding for a, a, an assessment just to clarify everything that's gone wrong. And um, funnily enough, I sh- I, I'll keep it anonymous, but um, it's a, a patient with dyspraxia. Okay. And, you know, dyspraxia awareness week is this week. Okay. Um, but also, um, I also have dyspraxia as well. Okay. So we have those common, we also have commons and there could be 
a hint of bias there. Yeah. But I know when I was diagnosed with dyspraxia, it clarified and sort of solidified a lot of things that I was feeling. Yeah. And that diagnosis, um, at the time, I was currently, you know, going through my previous addiction. Mm-hmm. But also, I was also on medication for how I was feeling, how I could process things. Um, since I got that diagnosis, no medication whatsoever. Um, I've accepted who I am. Okay. But if we can take that example and we can sort of go, okay, right, this is what other people are feeling. Some people just need validation of who they are. They just need acceptance of who they are and just to know that everybody's different, everybody's not afraid. Yeah. On the other hand, people sometimes they just want to just be heard and just this is me this is who i am i don't need a diagnosis i just want to i don't need a whole singing and dancing this is my reality i just want to get this really off my chest yeah yeah so i hope that answers the question it's a bit long-winded but (laughs) no no i mean it's it's such a fascinating different way of thinking about the support that we give to people um and and it does feel like a, uh, a bit of a mind shift or a system shift in how we how we support people in a different way. They don't need to access that that formal primary care setting. Um, yeah. So so just sort of picking up on something that you've said there. So so how did you get to this position in the city of Leeds? So yeah, how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, this is probably going to sound like one of those X Factor style uh, <laughs> of story here, but I think it's uh, I think it's um, what's the word? It's substance for mm-hmm. what people are using. So, for example, I myself was a, a victim of, and I'm pretty sure you probably be aware of Aces. Oh yeah, yes. events. So yeah. I had a whole heck ton of that. I had a, a mum who loved me unconditionally. Yeah. But when I was 10, I suffered like probably the worst thing. Uh, my dad, you know, he uh, sort of like, we have, we were basically forced to leave our home. Right. Um, but this is, I think this has echoed a lot of, this is probably happening now more times than we'd like to believe. Um, you know, lived in hostels, grew up in youth hostels, lived in very deprived areas, um, places where, you know, wasn't the nicest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was, you know, going through the university model and undertook my uh, master's degree, I found out I was uh, dyspraxic as well. Yeah. Uh, also dyslexic. So I had a learning difficulty there, not trying to, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. But then, um, and then I started working for a, uh, a diabetes company and I just felt really un- kind of unfulfilled. Yeah which is quite strange because it's, you're in a call center, you're calling out, great job, great people, but yeah. And then when the pandemic hit, I was offered this position um, by the um, by the Southeast PCN. I, I went online and advertised. But what stood out for me was that it was completely what I wanted to do. Yeah. It was completely the best thing I've ever possibly seen on a job registration, just helping patients with things. And then I phoned up... Um, Sinead at the Hamara Centre who gave me a brief of what the patient ambassadors do yeah. and saying things like oh we've had we've helped patients with you know personal independence payment tribunals we've helped patients source like beds when they couldn't afford it and that just instantly grabbed me as like this is this is 
the best thing I've ever heard. Like in terms of patient centered care, you've always, you've always believed there's a very structured, structured, rigid, rigid kind of speak, rigid process. Yeah. In terms of patient care and all of that, and I was like, wow, this is. It sounds really strange, but I was like, this is the future of like public health and making healthcare more accessible and not just addressing, you know, clinical matters, but non-clinical matters, which is usually the most important reason. And that is usually the, sometimes can be the case for clinical matters. And it's yeah. the prudence. Uh, so um, I, I stayed up that night. I probably just branched out about six pages of an application. Never done that before. Brilliant unbelievably passionate about it i was like wow this is going to change just this is going to be you know it sounds a bit cringy but it's something to get you up in the morning absolutely you have to get up you have to get up and no matter what bad day says you have to get up and you have to change things yeah um was successful um and i've been in post in may ever since and i think it's been possibly the best job i've ever had it's well i think it's i know it is and it's it's been tremendously excited because I've, I've had these opportunities myself to not only interlink with some of possibly the um some of the most pleasurable passionate people i've ever met um yeah. i think yeah. there's no written rule about community groups and nobody goes in for the for the money absolutely yeah. <laughs> no one goes into like all that kind of help you have to have a drive and uh we've been really fortunate because in leeds we have just the community sector i think is just unbelievable like the amount of interactions i've had with people you know in public health in community groups in looking and they they've got just an, an unbelievable amount to give as well um i think what's really great is that people within you know the health service and within you know local community partnerships go no this there's a heck of value through lived experience here yeah so I was going to ask you about that. So I've written that down. So, so this role, do you think, because it, it, it clearly is your passion, is that because you can see the work that you are doing now would have benefited you X number of years ago? Do you see that, that your lived experience really helps you do this job or this role? I would say so because I think it's in terms of relatability. Um, now, I can't really say, oh, to have this job, you have to have lived experience. Yeah. But at the same time, if I didn't have gone through those experiences within my life, you know, like all the things that have happened, you know, the, you know, all the various addictions, mental health issues, all that kind of stuff, um, I don't think it would have conditioned myself quite for the job of yeah. this magnitude where patients have um, a lot of, well, not a lot, of, but like, I struggle to say it, but basically there's quite a few concerns of patients regarding their own life. And in general, there's a lot of things that possibly I could assist with coming from my own personal opinion. So when you speak to a patient, for example, or you speak to a member of society who's had drug and alcohol issues and things of that nature, you can go, yeah, I was an addict too. And I know, it's, I don't know how exactly how you feel, but I know how no one can say oh just don't do it because it's a whole <laughs> a whole yeah. myriad of things you can't just say that, so and does that enable you to i think you said like people are able to relate more to you because it's a two-way thing that they can see some of their challenges in in you and you've moved past that so do you think that that 
I don't know, yeah, that level of relatability helps. Yes, 100%. I, I find it's um, because I don't want to speak any, like, any, uh, what's the word, any falses or anything like that. I'm only coming in off my experience, but I think it may come back from somebody who's sort of experienced locations going on. And one of the, one of the bugbears I have um, sometimes with patient care, and I, I think I, it's it's probably not happening right now, um, is, but it's in terms of conversations just generally about, oh, I know how you feel. And it's like, you, you don't really know how you feel though. You yeah. don't, you can't really grasp. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just changing it to, I don't know how you feel, but I can appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I think, that sets, I think that sets us apart a lot in terms of how we communicate with patients. And I think that is why sometimes a lived experience approach can sort of help and it can sort of condition the way you talk to patients, yeah. practice members, all that kind of stuff. Definitely. And what sort of feedback do you get from the folk that you work with, you know, those those service users? What 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 do they say to you or to your service? So in terms of some of the conversations we have had, um, I think first of all, it's it's a very selfless role. It's very. I always tell patients or practice members, like, I don't do this for a, a shiny gold star. I do this for you, and mm -hmm. I do this straight up because I want to see, you know, you see a lot of passion in people, and you see a lot of potential in people. Yeah. Um, and I think our service we've been commended sometimes for, you know, um, on the practice side, we've been, you know, highlighted a couple of times. But also patients, sometimes when they just need that air to vent and they just need sometimes just something happening just to address things. Mm. Um, sometimes we've been, you know, quote unquote called live servers. I, okay. I think that's a bit of a deep one. But um, and obviously it could be when a patient's in a moment of crisis. Sure. But at the same time, I think it's just um, we've been sort of, I don't know how to say it because I, I really don't. I'm one of these people where I just really, uh, I sort of gloss over when I'm just like, yeah, it's one of them. It's all right. But yeah, I think uh, patients have really benefited from our service. So for example, I've always been very hesitant, not very hesitant, but very, um, I like to get in the trenches. Uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> and I think many of my colleagues do. And I think a lot of people in the third sector and within the NHS and within our primary care network are the very, it's possibly one of the, the oh, I can't say anything, can't say anything better about our PCM, they're amazing. Yeah. Um, primary care network just, and the LCP as well. Um, but we we get very much in the trenches with people and we go, right, okay, we need to do this. And things such as like, you know, benefit entitlements, yeah. uh, things like that. And people are very hesitant in going for it yeah. and going for things that they deserve and they are, qualify for and yeah. i go well i know you're not very fond of you know this quote unquote taken from the system mm -hmm. but at the same time i am kind of thing i'm, I'm really passionate i want to get you what you deserve and i yeah. think this is going to benefit your life more so than you know not doing this sure yeah okay <clears throat> so you've just you've just briefly touched on um primary care networks and 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 then into local care partnerships so so in terms of that collaboration approach that we've that we're 
that we're working in in Leeds around these local care partnerships. How did you become aware of your local care partnership and how have you how have you got involved in that? Sure. So uh, in terms of local care partnerships, um, we recently got involved because my position is sort of a partnership between the Hamara Centre and the Primary Care Network. They facilitate most of what we do. And then since May onwards, you know, obviously we're in the height of the pandemic. Um, yeah. Hamara operated a food parcel service. They offered um, various food bank support and mental health support, wellbeing calls within the winter. Um, that was a really great introduction in terms of what the services out there. So myself and my colleague Sarah within the south, uh, putting over Sarah here, she's just amazing. She does a lot of the a lot of really good things out there as well. Um, but we were tasked more or less in finding out what's out there, yeah, and finding the organisations in which we could best benefit. Yeah. And since we've started to incorporate a lot more of because when I started originally, I was like, right, I'm going to be a superhero. I'm going to do this everything myself. And then all of a sudden you go, right, okay, there's somebody here who can not only can be best for the patient and best be your member that you're working with, yeah. but if you were to work with them, you you wouldn't offer 20% uh, of what they could offer. So, yeah, I can't honestly discount the importance of the community sector it's i think it's like an unpolished gem and i think everybody should know about what the great things we're doing in not just south leeds but citywide i mean we um we managed to collaborate with um a lot of the community groups within the citywide lcp meetings and we've had a lot of discussions about what they can offer and it turns out they can offer just a heck of a lot so yeah it's about just developing those partnerships and not just going right okay you got to step back and let other people do what they know mm. and they will help a lot more than you will absolutely and so we, i suppose right at the start of this conversation we we addressed and understood that there isn't a one-size-fits-all to helping the people or supporting the people of Leeds because Leeds is a very diverse place you know Weatherby is very different to Beeston for example so right at the start you'd your service had flexed around the needs of the community so in terms of the the vaccine so I, I'm aware that there's been some amazing stuff happening around the Hamara Centre with the the vaccination effort. So, how have you been involved in in that side of things, and what have you noticed? Um, I suppose during COVID in your particular community. Yeah. So, in terms of the vaccination, we've actually managed to host a lot of vaccine buses where we've had members of the LCP join and volunteer and do door knocking. That was a really great step. Uh, we have because we've had this really strong collaboration with one of the medical practices in the city we actually had um a doctor come online and do a q a for okay. our members and yeah. just address issues of the vaccine um we've had religious leaders explain the importance of the vaccine yeah uh, we understand that it's completely personal choice however the benefits in my opinion and i might i don't know i don't know what everybody's thoughts on this is benefits far outweigh the risks in my eyes yeah um 
but in terms of vaccine, we've also played a helping hand in you know vaccine awareness days, um, being in practice and doing the admin side of things. Yeah. So we've managed to speak to patients as well face to face. Not only are we promoting the vaccine there, we're also promoting services as well because one of the questions in the vaccine screen was, "Are you a carer?" Oh yeah. Yeah. And the amount of people that said, um, "I'm a carer," but I don't like I don't get paid for. It. Yeah. details for carers leads please give yourself a call make sure that you got you looked after there because we can appreciate that caring is a, a job that many people can't do and we'll just do it like yeah it's an amazing thing being a carer so yeah we've done a lot of things in terms of the vaccine rollout and i think we all banded together as a community yeah. just to address because with some communities and with some a lot of things bad news gets around quick sometimes yeah as to do as as with the tribal mentalities so um yeah we was really pushed forward with that and so so you've already said that you you sort of like getting you know rolling your sleeves up and getting into the communities so when you're sat there you know let's say doing the admin and all these people are coming into the hamara center or the vaccine or stepping onto the vaccine buses what does that feel like that you're that all these people are coming and being vaccinated and you're there what are the sort of the things that you're hearing from those people um we hear a lot of issues it's really just just any issues such as like um you know obviously there's been a big thing about universal credit you know jobs housing there's a whole load of social issues sometimes it's not about the vaccine process, but we able to identify by questioning, just just having a conversation about just like how are you and have you heard of this and have you heard of this service? Have you you know if you've had any issues with gardening or anything like that, this service can really really help. And yeah, we've um, we've managed to just learn about what people who in our communities want to see. Excellent. Good. Good. And we've had so um so we'll maybe sort of sort of try and wrap this up a little bit um but i was wondering before we ask before we ask for your big question what what motivates you to get out of bed in the morning why do you do this stuff that you do every day um so one thing is I think it's just helping people. Yeah. It's just making sure patients and it's that there's a word for it. And I think it's about um, that. I have to go into like business myself here, but like uh, it's that really good feeling you get from helping somebody. Yeah. That's a nice feeling. Uh, but also, you know that you're making a bit of a difference, which is always great. Um, secondly, um, it's a chance to change things. Mm. And it's a chance to look at things and go, all oh, right, we could be doing things a little bit different. Here. Yeah. And then we can feed that back into the right places, the right people. And then thirdly as well, it feels like you're making a difference to your community as well. Um, like I, I understand there's been, you know, coming from a lot of deprived areas, people tend to write people off. 
yeah sometimes it's you know it's stereotypical but if you can only see like what happened in the world cup i mean calvin calvin phillips from armley yeah like look, look what calvin can do and look what he can do when he's he's passionate about and his story is just in, immensely motivating it's and nice. i think by using examples like that and it's i, I don't care anyway like the you know beast and hunts it's only been good to me mm. you know i've never i i won't have a bad thing said so absolutely yeah. it's good to have passion in the place that you live isn't it yes yeah excellent okay fantastic i love that um so let's let's give you the opportunity to ask your big question so nathan what's your big question okay my big question i uh, i struggled for two questions because it's standard me um first one was <laughs> obviously the one that I, I struck off was who's better than you i always like to say that who's better than you i always like to you know be yourself but um the question i went on was if not you who if not you who yes if not you who if if you found let's just say for example a patient who really needs you know this form filling out or needs a certain type of funding or needs to apply for a grant yeah um can you take it upon yourself to do something outside of your role that's a little bit uncomfortable but yeah. you feel like you can do it so for example i've been doing a lot of like uh, funding grants and looking at funding for particular patients and not to go into business again for myself here, but if I wasn't there mm. to do that, who else would? Yeah. And I'd probably like I'd like to just invite people um respectfully. Sometimes if you can sort of do something that's uncomfortable and a little bit outside of your role and just in general, just in it doesn't have to be a, a role based. Yeah, yeah. It's, it can be part of life really, yeah. getting into the philosophies of things, but even if you wanted to do something you're really passionate about, like if not you, who? Like who's who's going to do this? Who's going to be the change? Who's going to do this thing that you really want to see in your community? Who's going to do this thing that's going to change the world in your world? If not you, who? Who's going to do that? So back yourself, this up, let's go. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. That's that's great. Fantastic. Right. Well, I think we'll leave it there. I think I've learned a lot about you and what you're doing in, in South Leeds around social prescribing. And it sounds like like you are making a real difference to, to your own community and you're really passionate about it. So yeah, keep doing, keep being amazing, I think is my, my ask of you. Um, and it's been really, I've really valued this short time that we've spent together. So um, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Please do like, subscribe and share with colleagues across your networks. The podcast is available on a range of platforms, including Spotify and Google Podcasts. Until next time. Thank you.